Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Tyler Toffoli 
to a team if it meant you were able to shed Gabarik's contract? Like, you know, would you throw in one of those guys just to get rid of Gabarik? And uh, that's exactly kind of what it shakes down. Uh, you know, Panouf, uh, let's be honest, his contract's not any better than Gabarik's. The only difference is at least, A, he's filling a need, and B... Uh, there's probably a little bit of something left in the take for Dion Phaneuf, where I think we are all in agreement that Gabrick is done. And uh, we got Augie on the line here. Let's go ahead and bring Augie on real quick, and then we'll go down the table. Hey, Augie, how are you, buddy? Uh, well, I had to I had to get the Clorox pulled away from me because after uh, after that performance uh, happened during my lunch, unfortunately, and I felt too nauseous to eat. So, uh, yeah. But uh, that pretty much sums up how I feel. Yep, I'm hungry and I'm nauseous. There was well, a game. Dude, you heard about the Yeah, yeah. Was, the game is an, an afterthought after the big Fanuf trade that has just been announced. Once again, Augie, if you're tuning in late, uh, Dion Fanuf, Nate Thompson have been acquired to the LA Kings for Marion Gabrick and Nick Shore. Uh, the Senators are retaining 25% of uh of Fanu's salary and uh wow just happened right there at the end uh, uh, of the game tonight wait. wait 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 a minute not nick shore not nick <laughs> shore oh my god this this day just gets worse and worse for me as a los angeles kings fan oh my god hey you know what we need to do you, you do you do realize what needs to happen next, don't you? The Kings got to reach out and resign. The, the Kings got to reach out and resign Sean Avery for that locker room chemistry with Fanouf. Oh man! <laughs> hey. All right. Hey, real quick, I set the ta- I, I set the stage, and we're going to be we're going to be getting quotes. Uh, we'll be releasing any uh, any updated quotes from Rob Blake. And uh, just trying to, to, once again, pending story, rot hot off the sports wire, as uh, Lee Hacksaw used to say. But, Jeff, go ahead, man. Your initial thoughts when you heard about this trade breaking down, uh, what's going through your mind right now, brother? Well, originally I was in shock because I don't remember the last time I watched a game where two backhanders went in the net, like two in one game, backhands. I was like, what? What is this, 1988? And then I learned about the trade, and it was like, whoa, okay, hold on. So I've been saying for the last couple of years that I actually think Dion Phaneuf, who gets a lot of flack up here in Canada, a lot of flack, some deserved, some actually not deserved, um, because – especially with his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs as the captain. Uh, he went to Ottawa. He wasn't the man in Ottawa. Obviously, that's Eric Carlson. Uh, but, you know, he still had an A and stuff. But he needed to get away from the fishbowl of Canada because it was really ruining a player that was fantastic, that was, like, amazing as a junior. Um, so I always thought if he came down to Los Angeles, this would be the absolute perfect market for somebody like Dion Phaneuf, where he can't be playing in the pressure cooker of a fishbowl that you know you have up here with the fanaticism. In L.A., he would not be the number one guy. You have Drew Doughty, right? Like you got before, you got Kopitar, you got Carter, when Carter's healthy, et cetera. So it's perfect. You're in Southern California. You're living on the beach, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach. 
perfect, and that's exactly what Phaneuf needed. And this is a guy who still has what he has that he, where he can contribute. He can't be your number one guy, and he is expensive, $7 million a year, same as Drew Doughty, but – as mentioned, Ottawa taking 25% of that salary, so, but he's definitely manageable, and when used right, he can help out and contribute and fill a need most definitely. So that right there uh, made me really happy because I always saw uh, Dion Phaneuf as a good fit in Los Angeles. The problem was, who are we going to give up for him? I don't want to give up a Tyler Toffoli. I don't want to give up more draft picks. I don't want to give up... Uh, you know, more of the pipeline in the farm, but I'll definitely give up Marion Gabrick. I w- it was at the point where I was given up, and I thought that would be impossible. So kudos to rookie general manager Rob Blake for pulling this off. And we got rid of Nick Shore, so double bonus. <laughs> yeah, just to give you some updates, too. And, uh, <laughs> go ahead, real, real quick, Augie, let me just give you this. Uh, real quick, because somebody, yeah, uh, Marshall, asked us on, Asked us how old is uh, how old's Fanouf versus how old is Gabrick? Fanouf is 32 years old. Gabrick is 35 years old. So basically, think of that. The the Senators is is bad. I mean, really, as bad as Fanouf's contract was, Gabrick I think is done by all intents and purposes. He is done, and they've got uh, he's 35. I mean, I, I that's the irony is that Fanouf is actually younger. And, and the thing is, too, I mean, it's totally. I, Totally different scenarios, right, where Barry Gabrick is supposed to be the speedy winger goal scorer, and at 35 and all the injuries that he's had, yeah, he's done. He's been done for some time now. We just couldn't dump that contract on anybody. Where Dion Phaneuf at 32, he's not even going to be our number one D-man. He's going to provide some defense. He is prone to turnovers. He makes mistakes, but a lot of it is when the pressure is on him, when the spotlight is on him. Take that spotlight off of him. Just say, hey, man, just go out there and play, you know, and uh, he could definitely bring that to you way more than Gabbert can at this point. I'll tell you right now, I really – Hey, guys, real quick, how much time is left on uh, Fanu's contract? How many years? He has, He's got I can tell you that right remaining. now. Yeah, 2022. And how long was Gabrick's? Uh, 3,047. Three <laughs> 2047. <laughs> yeah, I believe oh, they right retired at the same time, but I'll break that down. Wow. And you know oh, what? I actually really like the acquisition. Yeah, I actually really like the acquisition of Thompson in the deal. I, I think that that's – I think a couple things come into play here. Uh, the Kings locker room does need, like, a, a little bit of a of a remix there. And Fanouf is an intense guy. I mean, like, that guy, he, he is intense. And I, I like what he's – I like what he does out there for his teams that I've seen him play. Uh Thompson, I he's a grinder. That guy, that guy brings his hard hat and uh, and lunch pail to work every day. So, uh, you know, this is this is actually a really good trade. You don't need a blockbuster to get you into the playoffs, and this is a very solid hockey trade. I like it, and I like the fact the Kings are out from underneath Gabrick's horrible contract, and they got the Senators to return twenty five percent of Benu's contract. Wow, for a salary cap strap team, that that is wondrous right there. Well, and actually, to be honest, the Kings are actually taking on more salary because if you look at the the seven million dollar salary, 
with the 25% retained, it ends up being 5.25, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So the Kings are actually taking on more salary, if I'm not mistaken. But the flip side is, is that at least in this in this case, at least in this case, the you know they're filling a need. You know that's that's the yeah. thing is they're filling a bonafide need, whereas Gabrick is is not doing anything you know he's he's not doing anything whereas once again Fanouf is still at least a a bonafide uh, top top four center you're right yep yeah for sure he is but so, even yep. well the other thing right, the other thing too hip is this uh he's three years younger than Gabrick and way less broken than Gabrick. I mean, Gabrick by next, by this coming up off season would have been a candidate for a buyout. And that would have been a real poison pill for the Kings uh, salary cap troubles. Cause that would have made it things even worse because now you buy him out and now you've got more dead money on uh, to carry that currently with uh, that you have with Matt green and, and Richard's uh, crap that comes along with him. Uh, so that frees up that, – that that takes care of that dilemma. So from that standpoint, it was worth biting that bullet of taking on a little more salary, but it's not dead money sitting inside of a salary cap buyout penalty that you would have had to take it with Gabrick because, yeah, Gabrick's done, boys. It's sad. I mean, he just really hit the wall right yeah. now, and I think just all those years of injuries have caught up with him. And for them to get out from underneath those amount of years of dead money – Kudos to Rob Blake for pulling this off just for the just for the fact that Fanouf, if you need to trade him down the line, he's a lot more tradable than Gabrick. He's a lot more tradable next year than Gabrick will ever be ever again. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And hey, just to give you some, uh, we got some some stats here. So uh, yes, each of them actually has three years remaining on the deal. Each of their expire, each of their contracts. Uh, expire in 2021. And here's the other thing, like you bring up a real good point. Because the Senators are retaining contracts, and so uh, Fanoof's cap hit will be 5.25. Uh, I think next year, you know, the, the, as a number four defenseman, you're looking at you're looking at, at Fanoof then after next year with two years on his contract. At that point. If, the, if the, there's two things that I'm thinking, remember the gentleman's agreement they had with LeCavalier, right? Where even though yeah. LeCavalier had extra years on his contract, he agreed that he was going to retire. So that goes through yeah. my mind. But also, too, think after he, if he plays a full season with LA next year, now the Kings can maybe move him and they retain contract. And now instead of a 5.25 hit. The Kings can retain 50% hypothetically. Now you're talking a 2.6 hit, you know? So at that point after next season, they could trade him, retain 50% of his salary, and you're still making out far better than you would if you still had Marion Gabbert. Wow, that is an awesome point, Hip. That That is really like going multi-level deep thinking there. And I... <laughs> I got I got I mean, kudos to you because I actually think you're smarter than the than the current people in charge of the cap for the Kings, man. Hip, apply for the job, Hip. You got my vote. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. So, 
Yeah, that's all, all food for thought. And You know, Jeff, here's another thing that goes through my mind, and this is a great question for you. There's nobody better to ask this question than you. At what point do you think this trade is really forced by the Canadian media? Like the Canadian media, you're right, the spotlight on Fanouf, playing for Calgary, playing for Toronto, now, now playing for Ottawa, like – was this like how, how does the media actually a affect Fanu's play just by the nonstop microscope uh, and microcosm of playing in Toronto, uh, and and how does it force the hand actually of like the general manager of Ottawa, right? Because think every turnover that Fanu's makes in a Senators game, there's some hack journalist that's bitching about it. So. What role do you think really the media plays not only in Fanu's play but also too? and really forcing the Senators' hand to the point where the Senators would take on Gabarik's contract, which is, once again, arguably worse than Fanouf's in the sense that, in the sense that, like, Fanouf can still be a, a contributor. But once again, Gabarik, uh, I, I mean, realistically, Gabarik, he's never going to score 10, 10 goals again, I don't think. Okay, so I always assumed that the Ottawa Senators organization and their fan base are completely insane. And I think this proves it 100%. But when it comes to the media, the Canadian media affecting Dion Phaneuf, I mean, that's actually been happening since he became a Toronto Maple Leaf. So the thing was, he, he was a fantastic junior player for the Red Deer uh, Rebels. He was a big part defensively of that all-star 2005 World Junior Canadian team, the team that had Richards and Carter and Sidney Crosby and Bergeron gets off. On the blue line, you had Dion Phaneuf, and he was just crushing everybody in his sight. His first year with the Calgary Flames, which I believe was – after the striker, so 0506, I mean, he scored 20 goals, 49 points in his very first season. Uh, it was a, it, like he, he never became the player he was supposed to be once Calgary traded him to the Maple Leafs. And one of the big faults of that wasn't even the media, but it was Toronto. It was GM Brian Burke and head coach Ron Wilson who decided to throw a C on Phaneuf's chest without him earning it. And Phaneuf did his best. You know, with what was given to him, he gave it the old college try, but it did not work out. And the media it went after that, and because he didn't live up to expectations, the media was all over him all the time. But it honestly wasn't as bad in Ottawa as it was in Toronto. Where in Toronto, it was horrible. You just look at his numbers, and I'm sure he played for a different type of team. The Leafs were not very good. Uh, they only made the playoffs once in that whole time he was there, and I believe that was the big collapse against Boston in the third period in overtime back in 2013. But he, I mean, the media has a big part of it. But my big question, Hip, forget the Canadian media, how big of a role did Drew Doughty play in this trade when he came up here? He came up home to Canada last summer and kept talking to the media about how him and Eric Carlson, you know, might not re-sign with their teams, which forced Eric Carlson to, to quote about it to the press that, yeah, he might not re-sign with Ottawa, which made Ottawa panic, and all of a sudden they're asking Eric Carlson for his trade list. They're asking everybody now on the team for their trade list because Ottawa is horrible and is one of the worst teams in the NHL this season. And I think this was all a master plan by Drew Doughty when he came up last year. Maybe he was shooting for Carlson. Maybe he was shooting for Dion Phaneuf. Doesn't matter. Phaneuf all of a sudden is now a Los Angeles king. And why 
Ottawa obviously going for the rebuild here. How can you rebuild with Mary Gabrick? That I don't understand. But the media has been very harsh on Fanov, but Ottawa were the ones that definitely tripped themselves right now. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, hey, Augie, we're getting some horrible feedback from your line, brother, so uh, take care of that and uh, beep in when you're ready. You, you know, the other thing that I look at, too, though, for once again for the Kings, is there any doubt that with a full roster that Gabrick, he is a healthy scratch the rest of his career as an L.A. King. He is a healthy scratch. But now now you're looking basically where you can pair Doughty and Muzzin, uh, Martinez and Fanouf as your top four. Forbert now gets kicked down to a bottom six where really he rightfully belongs at this point in career. That's not to say that with experience he might not be a top four, but let's be honest, he's a bottom, he's a bottom six guy. And now yep. you're looking really where you can put you could put a Forbert Ledoux, Forbert Folan, however you want to spin the dice. Uh, you, now you once again, I, I think this totally solidifies the Kings defense. And now you could put guys in a position where they'll succeed. And let's be honest too, I think I think Paul Ledoux has has shown that he is an NHL caliber defenseman, potentially maybe a top four with experience, but. Right now, he's once again a bottom pairing guy. I, I think I think you could do a lot worse than having uh, Forbert and uh, Ledoux as a as a, a fifth and sixth pairing. And really, I mean, when you look at NHL teams, is there any NHL team that wouldn't totally be acceptable of those two as a bottom pairing? No, no, of course. And this is the thing I like about this trade. And the more I think about it, right, because this was so shocking, this is breaking news. But uh, just thinking about it is the fact that the Kings now have more options defensively because of that. Because now you have a solid uh, two pairings, right? A solid top four that you can now move those young guys, you know, or, or you know, I know they're, they're, they're in their mid-20s, but, you know, those young guys with the, the least NHL experience, now they can play in that bottom third line. The Kings can go with a Paul Ledoux. They can go with a Derek Forbert. They can go with a Kevin Gravel, or they can call up a Curtis McDermott or put in Christian Fullen down there, or whatever they want to do, because now you have the solid two defensive pairings, and that is the most important part of this trade. Because like as we've, we've been saying for a long time, and, and you and Augie definitely said it today, and I agree 100%, Gabbert's done. He's been done for a long time, and his contract at 4.875, Yes, it is cheaper than Phoenix, even with the 25% off uh, by the Ottawa Senators, but he's not scoring. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. At least with Phoenix, we're solidifying that defense, like you said, and that's way more important than holding on to a player who just can't do anything. Thank you, Gabrick, for 2014. Thank you for the 14 goals. Thank you for the 22 points that you received. You were amazing. You, you were the best player of that trade deadline. Nobody knew it until the Kings held up the cup, but... Now we got to fix our defense so we can move on, and uh, Rob Blake did just that. So, yeah, man, wow, kudos to Blakey again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Augie brought, brought up a good point, too, with, uh, with Nate Thompson. I, I like Nate Thompson when he was on the Ducks. I mean, it's, it kills me, you know, that I have to, you know, compliment a, a Ducks player, but there's some guys on that team I got a huge deal of respect for, and he was definitely one of them. Uh, right along with uh, Francois Beauchemin, uh, to give another example right there, and some other guys along the way. But, no, I think he, you know, he's a, he's a prototypical good fourth, third-line guy, which, once again, this brings us to a whole other bag of worms now, is 
with Nate Thompson in this deal, let's be honest, the Kings, they got some mega bloat on their bottom six. Because uh, even though Trevor Lewis is out right now having a career season, you know, his, his injury is relatively minor. So now when you look at the Kings' bottom six, you're basically looking now at, uh, you know, really, you got, uh, you know, Clifford. You got, once again, you got Lewis. You got uh, Tory Mitchell. All right. You got, uh, you know, Andrioff. You know, you got a lot of guys now on the bottom six that you got to uh, that you got to account for. Uh, you know, Mike Amadio with the acquisition of Nate Thompson. Does this mean that uh, Mike Amadio definitely gets sent to back to Ontario? I'm guessing it probably does. I'm guessing yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that he's. But it's depth, right? That's a so. good problem to have. Sorry, I'll... I. I don't. I don't think so. Um... Wow. Uh, no, what I was going to say is uh, I I don't necessarily think so. I I I don't think Rob's done. I don't think Blake is done. I, I don't think Blake is done dealing. I think you're going to see some uh, some uh, some bottom six deals now where there's some easy stuff where there's some little easier things to move that are really salary cap based. Because I mean, let me just let, let me just float this out there for you guys. Uh, Kyle Clifford. Is he is he on the up end of his career, or is he looking at the back end of it right about now? What do you guys think? He's floating. You you think that he's yeah, even that no, much? You, I mean, he's been. Yeah. I I see a guy. I see a guy yeah. who's losing who's losing a step. I see a guy who's been taking some bad penalties because he's losing that step. And if there's any time to trade Kyle Clifford to, uh, away to send a message to the locker room, because, look, as far as the tough guys go, I mean, Torrey Mitchell is not a tough guy, but he's not afraid to drop the gloves. McDermott's in Ontario right now, and that's yeah. your – Yeah, exactly. Well, that's my whole point, though, is that – I mean, how old is Kyle Clifford right now? Late 20s? 27. 27. All right. He's 27. He'll, I think he turns 28 at some point this year, if I'm not mistaken. If there's any time to get rid of a Kyle Clifford, I mean, I'd rather have Clifford. I mean, I'm sorry, I'd rather have Amadio up than Clifford because just strictly for the salary cap implications and what the guy brings. We don't need tough guys out there right now. The way that the NHL is going, we have enough guys that can protect our players. And Clifford uh, is just as much as I love him, I like him. As far as improving the hockey team goes, I think that. I think that finding a trading partner for Kyle for for Kyle Clifford is 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 very important right now. Is for the, as far as the Kings go and the salary cap moving forward and giving a chance to the kids because I'd much rather see a, a Matteo up and also hopefully at some point this season we have enough room to bring up Mersh, who definitely deserves a look up there. And I mean he he's got to go get like a, he's got to go see a voodoo. Prince Witch or something to quit getting hit with bad luck when it's his time to be called up and quit getting hurt. Yeah, You know, Augie, you bring up a good point, A, in that Clifford's trade value is probably never going to be what it is as it is right now. But let's be honest, too, when you look at Clifford's style play, and once again, I don't think any of us don't love Kyle Clifford for the way that guy plays the game. There's nobody here that's ever going to complain about the way Clifford plays. Nobody. No no Kings fan in their right mind 
should ever criticize Clifford for shit. And if you do, you're not a Kings fan. You deserve to get your ass kicked. He plays hard minutes. Clifford is a, a hard-nosed – dude, it's hard. You can't play that many games in that style and expect to have the kind of career. And really, when you look at it, you know, he, he's, now, he's now in his eighth NHL season. You know, he's in his HNL, NHL season coming in as a 19-year-old. Played a lot of games, too. You know, I mean, really, he's played – for the majority of his career, he's played a lot of games, over 70 games in his career. And those are hard friggin' minutes to come by. And, you know, you bring up a good point, Augie, that I think it's a, it's a situation of, A, the game-changing, B, the, once again, a lot of mileage on his gameplay. And you bring up a good point, too, if, if it, what's ultimately going to help the Kings? You know, is Amadio better served getting that type of ice time? Uh, of course, Amadio's a center where Clifford's a winger, but nonetheless, there's still only going to be so much time to go around. And, uh, you know, let's play the devil's, devil's advocate here, Augie. Let's say that Clifford is trade bait. Uh, there are some rumors here, and we're just looking. I'm just going through uh, some of the websites here. So this is, trust me, I have no sources. I'm not... I don't have an inside guy that's feeding me anything, but there are some people saying that Thomas Tatar might be available. And, uh, you know, and at this point too, Augie, I mean, realistically, do you think, you know, that do the Kings just even trade Clifford for a draft pick? Do you think they, they package him for a Forbert and maybe throw in, you know, a high draft pick to try to get a, a, a higher visibility player? What's, what's your gut say? Uh, my gut says salary dump. That's what my gut says. That I mean, it, it's I. That's just all I see because it's not a matter of getting rid of a guy because he's because he's garbage or getting rid of a guy because he doesn't bring any effort. It's a matter of the fact is that Rob Blake has to undo a huge mess left behind by the decisions made uh, by Dean Lombardi. And I mean, granted, and I mean, you've always you've always got to be thankful to uh, to Dean Lombardi for building a team that won two Stanley Cups in three years, three straight Western Conference final appearances. But when it's all said and done, the chef left the kitchen a mess, and I mean, uh, Blake's got to come in there and clean up this mess so this way he has flexibility. And getting out from under Gabrick's contract is a is a huge step in that right direction. So I, I think that it's more uh, more motivated by by what the numbers say. I mean, are you going to get? Uh, what are you going to get from a guy like uh, Amadio versus Clifford? I mean, I don't think there's going to be that much of a difference in their production. And the other thing too is, I mean, look at a couple of years down the line, you've got a guy like Boko and Mama down in uh, down in Ontario, who I don't know. If he, I don't know if he's. I mean, he's definitely not NHL ready, but. Could he be ready in two to three years and be that that presence, that physical presence out there? Because the guy can he can throw down those those fists too, and he's very young and very strong. He's like a bull out there. So and comes at yeah. a much cheaper price. So I think you're going to see trades and moves motivated by price and without having to give up uh, too much down the too much down the line. 
that's that's what I think. But yeah, I, I thought you guys were playing a joke on me. I didn't know that this trade went down until I called in and you guys told me, and I was like kind of in shock. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I thought, wow, yeah. they, they're really, well, you they got me really good, and wow, they're really taking this thing far. No rib, my friend. No rib. <laughs> well, you know, absolutely. And you bring up a, another good point, though, too, is that. Would the Kings have made this tr- – well, I mean, they just want to get rid of Grabber, let's be honest. But when you really look at the big picture, too, Nick Shore is not a top six guy. Hell, he's arguably not a, not a top nine guy. Let's be honest. Oh, here we go. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. He is. He's top five. <laughs> he's higher than Nolan, I'll tell but, you that. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Once again, when, when we look at improving an NHL team, knowing – that Nick Shore will never be a top six guy. Would you rather have Nate Thompson, a guy that can throw down, a guy that can take face-offs, a guy that has experience? I mean, really, there's given the choice between those two players, there's no – I mean, barring the Ottawa Senators, there's not too many teams in the NHL that would take a Nick Shore above a Nate Thompson in a bottom six role. And now the fact, too, that once again you got Fanouf that is actually filling a void. Like if you're going to have a horrible contract, at least have it fill a a role, have it fill a gap on your team that's going to make your team better. And so uh, I think from the standpoint, do they take on a little more contract as far as salary cap? Absolutely. But once again, I think if you're really talking about value per dollar, is there any real like really? I feel sorry for the Ottawa fan that's shaking their fist right now, somehow thinking that that Gabrick is going to give no, them anything. No, 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 hip check. They're celebrating Thank in the you. streets of of the Canadian National uh, right now in the capital. They are celebrating the streets because that's how Senators fans are. Trust me on this. They're they're buying their Gabrick jerseys right now. <laughs> are they flooding NHL. the streets? The lamp post? <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Hashtag plug. <laughs> Hashtag plug. There we go. Right on. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We got Jerry who's been waiting patiently. Hey, Jerry, huge night. Even though the Kings lose, they actually probably improve their team in the big picture for the rest of the year. Uh, go ahead. This Tonight's game aside, uh, your thoughts on the, the, Fanouf, uh, the Fanouf trade, buddy? Well, I had, I had never been a huge – but I think a lot of that was by what I read, you know, what I read and what I saw on hockey boards from Canadian fans who were probably poisoned by the Canadian media. So I I didn't know anything else. I hadn't watched him a whole heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, other than watching the occasional Toronto game when he was there. I hadn't watched him at all in Ottawa. So when yeah, it was yeah, being absolutely, but when it was being when it was the, being tossed big, around, big, I was like, "What do we want it for?" But hearing you guys break break down what he's capable of doing and, and what he brings to the table, Gabbert obviously didn't. Um, and if if the other piece of the puzzle is any kind of upgrade over shore, which wasn't much, then we got a good deal. You know, if they're going to, if they're going to pick up 
Ari Anfanov to make it comparable to uh, what Gabbard was getting paid. You know, even even if we're not picking up another million, at least we're getting a guy who, like you have said, has, is going to fill a role. So I feel much better about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After listening to that. Exactly. And, um, so some of the other stuff you suggested, yeah, it's probably time to try to move Clifford while he's got some tradable value to him and deal with the, the salary cap issues there. I mean, even if we, even if we moved Clifford for picks and prospects. Yeah. yeah. That's a Absolutely. good problem even to really... have, though, guys, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's a, it's a great I just wanted to, to say... Listen to what we're talking about here. We're discussing about the, the now with our bottom six. That's what this trade just provided for us, the Los Angeles Kings, that we can now discuss this and be like, hey, you know, maybe we can trade Clifford. Maybe we can dump this salary over there. Maybe we can do this and do that. Bring up Michael Mercer, drum that we've been banging for like the last three years, right? This is a great problem to have because what this trade just did – getting rid of Gabrick's albatross of a contract, getting him like out of a roster spot, which will free up a spot for Nate Thompson, uh, which will take another spot off, and we can use the kids. We can do whatever. Rob Blake can now uh, pick and choose where this guy's going to go and whatever and see what deals that he can get so they can fix the issues of the salary cap. And I think this is a great problem to have, a problem we did not have, even like uh, or, or a, situ- a great situation that we had even like two hours ago. So, so this is a fantastic conversation to have, and no doubt Blake and the boys are having that conversation right Right now is what is going to be our next move. I agree with Augie 100% that Blake is not done. There's still going to be some moves coming up, and it's going to be of the bottom six variety. But, man, if they can actually make a spot so Michael Merce can come up, so Amadio can stay, and I love Kyle Clifford too. There's a lot of guys on this team that I don't want to see go, but you know what? It's just going to have to be like that so the youth can get up there. And, uh, guys, it's called depth. Like, it's, we're the ones celebrating. Forget the Ottawa fans. We're the ones celebrating. The more we talk about it and break it down, what a fantastic trade by Rob Blake. I'm sorry. I just had to add that. Hey, I yeah, just want to add really one other thing. Go ahead, Augie. Uh, hey, yeah, before, you know, this actually, and think about this for a moment. Could you imagine the conversation that's going to go on in the Kings locker room when Dowdy goes to Fanouf and say, hey, Dion, really, how bad? How bad is it uh, being under scrutiny by the Canadian media playing up in Toronto? Could you imagine mm, what Fanouf is mm. going to tell Dowdy about that? Saying, "Dude, exactly. you have made down here. Yeah. You haven't made here. You you just you, oh, your privacy yeah. is golden here." Okay, I mean, I, that's that's what I'm also looking at because when Fanouf tells Dowdy yeah. about the crap that he had to put up with. That was that wasn't necessarily known everywhere. Just that influence right there, I think, plays huge when it comes time for Mister Dowdy to make a decision about where he wants to uh, play some more hockey. Ottawa, that's where he that's wants to great, go. That's a great. That's a great, great, op- great observation. And let, let's really too. Let's break it down here. Let's just uh, all cal- all salary cap stuff aside. All salary cap aside, are the Kings a better team because of this trade? And I think there's no way that you could say they aren't a better team. You get a veteran defenseman 
And there's already, I'm reading some of the bulletin boards, and people are saying, oh, he's Luke Shen, blah, blah, blah. And, Jeff, you can, I, no. I'll, I'll, I'll let you maybe make the comparison. But, but the fact is, once again, the Kings still get a veteran defenseman that can, you know, play an average in 20, 20, 20 minutes a game. Once again, on a bad Ottawa, tween, Ottawa team. God, I don't know why I can't talk tonight. But averaging 20 <laughs> minutes a game, and once again, your bottom six gets better. So does Nate Thompson make the Kings' bottom six better? Without a doubt, yes. Does Dion Phaneuf make the Kings' decor better? I, 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 there's, it's an unequivocal yes. So at the end of the day, salary cap aside, the Kings are a better team now than they were before the teams, the game started. And really, if you're going to make a trade that's going to shake up the, the, the team, hell, after you've gotten your ass kicked 7-3 to three against Carolina, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty damn good time. And, and once again, when, when Fanouf and Nate Thompson walk into that locker room before they play uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday, dude, I mean, that's a fresh start for a lot of different players. That's a different vibe in the locker room. You know, Augie talked about... Uh, Thompson's veteran leadership, and uh, and it, it just changes the vibe of the locker room. And once again, you're talking about trading a Gabrick that really is, by all intents and purposes, absolutely done at 35 versus a couple guys that once again have played big games. Uh, you know, they've, they've played big minutes. You're right, where Fanouf doesn't have the spotlight on him all the time now. Uh, he can play as a number four guy and not expected, you know, really has no expectations. There's probably been no other time in Fanu's career where the expectations were as low as they are as of right now. And so it makes the Kings better. And uh, once again, you get Gabrick out of there. Uh, once again, next season, you can let him play with the Kings the whole season. After that, you might be able to toss him off and eat salary. At that point, which is going to alleviate your cap, maybe allow you to sign Dowdy. And, and once again, Augie, you brought up a great point right there. When Fanu starts telling Dowdy what it's like to play in Toronto with the media, I mean, really, that, that might be worth the trade right there to at least, you know, let Dowdy know that the grass isn't always greener on, uh, on the other side. And uh, let's go ahead and go right down the line. Let's go ahead and start with you, Jeff, because I know we've just said a whole lot right there. So the thing about Luke Shen, um, okay, the only comparisons that I would make between Luke Shen and Dion Phaneuf are that they are both, um, they were both a rated defensemen that were ruined by going through the Toronto Maple Leaf organization and system. Okay, so they were both ruined by that. Both were very promising in their junior careers. Now the only thing that here's here's the big difference though. Luke Shen is not an offensive defenseman, which Dion Phaneuf is. Dion Phaneuf is also a more hard hitting defenseman than Luke Shen is. And Phaneuf, even though thirty two now and everything, is also a little bit of a quicker defenseman than Luke Shen is. I mean to me they're totally different players. Shen is the more stay at home you know, uh, defensive defenseman without really a mean streak, though. Funuf also has that mean streak when focused correctly. When he's focused on the negatives, he can be very distracted, which tends to happen when the media is on your back 24-7. And not just the media, but the fan base as well. If everyone's screaming at you that you suck, eventually you're going to think that you suck, all right? Luke Shan, even though very good, didn't play very good for us, but even though very good, was never at the level of a Dion Funuf. Dion Funuf only has three goals this year, but he had nine last season. You can put him on the power play. Who puts Luke Shen on the power play? 
You can't, right? And so it, 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 it's apples and oranges, to, like not even close to being the same type of player. So I don't know what they're saying on the boards, but I completely disagree with that. But I do agree uh, that you were saying that this does improve the Kings, whether it's Phaneuf on defense or whether it's Nate Thompson with his experience. And, of course, this is a guy who's been around the NHL more recently, yes, with the Ducks in San Diego. He's played with Tampa Bay. You know, he, he's been around the league. But, you know, he has that experience. And there's going to be a cool and calmness to the bottom six and maybe a little bit more organization that has been missing with the Kings' bottom six all season because it's been like a revolving door. So that's a perfect thing to have. And, of course, Phaneuf, it's an upgrade from what we had with Luke Shen, which we recently had, and it wasn't very good. Phaneuf at least will add some goals with them in the second pairing or put him with Dowdy on the power play. Like, that already is making me kind of, like, drool a little bit because I want to see that so bad. He can lay the boom, and you know what? He's not the most solid defensive defenseman. I'll probably give Shen an edge um, over Phaneuf at that, but we haven't really seen Phaneuf like we saw him in his first few years in Calgary. And I think, as I mentioned to start the show, playing in the LA market is the most perfect fit for Phaneuf because he can relax. His wife can go act and find a gig somewhere in LA. They can live by the beach. There, there's, there won't be 30 photographers following him around trying to ask him, why do you suck? Why do you suck? You used to be good. Why do you suck? He's not going to get that in L.A. He can actually calm down, focus on his game, let the pressure be on the other guys, and just do what he's going to do, uh, which is going to be a lot more than Luke Shen. He just has to avoid Sean Avery. Absolutely. Yes, All right. absolutely. All right. Or Avery needs to avoid him. Yeah, and, and Augie, let it, let the record state that you've officially uh, used your quota of Sean Avery jokes for the night, okay? Okay, so so noted, sir. <laughs> all right. Hey, we got another caller, and once again, if you want to call in and talk all things L.A. Kings, as uh, the L.A. Kings acquiring Dion Phaneuf and Nate Thompson for uh, Marion Gabrick and Nick Shore, once again, right when you think about that, uh, you're like literally uh, – you know, it had the Kings traded Gabrick and Shore and their number one for nothing. <laughs> I would have almost said it was worth it. It was a good deal, you know. So <laughs> it'll uh, be a great we're gonna, show. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you want to call in five one six four one eight five eight two nine, and we had a caller just drop. We'll see if he can call back. Hey, from the eight one eight, go ahead and call us uh, uh, back in uh, if if you can. All right, hey, we got another call, another one from the 818. Hey, you're on the air, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. You're on the air, Hip Check, Augie, Jeff Duarte, Jerry from Ohio. We're talking all things L.A. Kings. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Jason over in Sherman Oaks. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Jason. Hey, how are you doing, Jason? Uh, yeah, good to hear from you, man. Good to hear from you guys too. I uh, I this is the second time talking to you guys. Uh, I love the love the show. Um, a few takeaways, and then I have um, uh, uh, well, I, I have a funny story. I have a thought on Drew Doughty long term, and also, I mean, I, look, I just turned in uh, to the show because I was driving home from work, and then I saw. The on the ESPN alert about the Dion Panouf trade, which I I'm stunned simply because we got rid of both Gabrick and Shore, which phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I 
I, I, I'm glad. Look, obviously something's going on with Quick. We all know this. I, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this um, in prior talks the last couple of weeks because I haven't been keeping up too much. Um, I was sick and all that, but I, um, I, I, something's going on with Quick. There's no way that we give up any sort of kind of number like a seven spot to the Carolina Hurricanes. I understand they're a playoff team, but they're a lower seed in the playoffs if it started today. So it, something's wrong with Quick. That's my first thought. Um, second thought is, is if this continues, now I'm glad that Rob uh, and Luke were able to pull this trade off because it frees up cap space and it might show Drew that we're really still in it for the long haul. And God knows um, Velarde is going to be something that I think is special when he comes up. And I think he will be up next year, but for the off chance, I mean, look, obviously there's a, a viable chance that, Drew leaves, he goes to Toronto or somewhere, probably Toronto, and that's that. So what would you guys do? Would you want to possibly look at possibly trading him for a couple pretty good players from Toronto and some picks? Because if he leaves for free, that's going to be awful. Yeah. No, it's a it's – a... It's a it's a really good question and and a strong question and uh, you know Jeff you're you're there uh, you know you're there in the in the hotbed if it really breaks down to uh, you know to to once again where the the Leafs are really hot on Dowdy and once again the Kings get the vibe that they're not going to be resigning him uh, you know let's just throw this out there would you. If the Kings don't think they could viably re-sign a Drew Doughty and they do indeed think he's going to go to Toronto in spite of, uh, of Drew reading uh, Dion Phaneuf's manifesto about what it's like to play in, <laughs> in Toronto, uh, let's just throw some names out there. Do you think would, would, would Toronto maybe throw a, you know, a Mitch Marner and a number one and maybe a, a hot prospect or something like that? Uh, you know, and once again, because the the Kings, when when Dowdy's contract's up in two years, correct? Correct. At the end of next season. Okay, so uh, I thought it was two years, but we'll get a take. We'll get a take on that. Uh, I'll, I'll pull that up. But what do you think, Jeff? Really, as far as uh, as far as uh, you know, trade value. I mean, you never want to lose a, a Drew Dowdy. That's 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 knocked out right out the top, but. Mitch Marner, a number one, maybe Toronto's uh, best, uh, you know, best prospect. Is that something you think is would be viable, especially if the Kings didn't think they were going to be able to resign Drew Doughty? It is viable. I mean, um, and, and Jason brought up the great point. You cannot lose a player like Drew Doughty for free. So if Rob Blake gets the instinct or Dowdy just comes up and says, look, I'm going to test the free market, whatever the case may be, you have to pull that trade or you're going to get nothing in return. And that's actually, it's actually funny that you brought up Mitch Marner of the Leafs hit, because that's actually the, the rumor that's going around up here, maybe for the last week or so, because the Leafs really want Drew Doughty. Like not just the Leafs, but head coach Mike Babcock really wants Drew Doughty on his team. Cause here's, okay, here's the thing with the Leafs, even though there's a lot of youth on this team, they are right at the top of the, of the, of the cap ceiling. 
And the reason for that is for a lot of bad contracts that they have out there. I mean, they're still paying for uh, Nathan Horton, who's been injured since forever, to even play a game with Toronto. Um, there's a lot of, they're going to shed some contracts this year, but the only problem is by the end of next season, which is when Dowdy's contract comes up, by the end of next season is also the same time when Austin Matthews, Mitch Marners, William Nylanders, uh, all of their contracts come up with Toronto, and it's going to be impossible for Toronto to re-sign these guys for the big contracts that they're going to be asking for, uh, even though they're restricted free agents, especially Austin Matthews. That's going to be astronomical. And you know what? Rightfully so. But they're not going to be able to afford uh, other expensive players, which puts me in doubt that they can grab a Drew Doughty if he asks for 10 $12 million, whatever the case may be with the new contract, but they do want him. So if they're going to, you know, and Toronto is the type of organization that if they want something, they're going to go for it, whether it's logical or not, they're going to do their best to get it. And that's all everybody talks about up here is when Dowdy is going to be a Maple Leaf, not if Dowdy is going to be a Maple Leaf. Of course, I hope this is not the case. But they would give up a Mitch Marner. They would give up draft picks because they've already – they're kind of tired of the draft now. They did the Austin Matthews thing. They did all that already now because they had some playoff uh, experience last year. They got a taste of the playoffs last year. You know, they got this young team. They got all these prospects coming in. They got these guys gaining experience, and they have a superstar in the making in Austin Matthews. They need someone to solidify their defense. They need a stud on D, which is something they do not have. And as good as Morgan Riley is, he is not Drew Doughty. And as good as Jake Gartner is kind of sort of, sometimes he is not Drew Doughty. Mike Babcock knows exactly what he wants, and it's Drew Doughty. So if the Kings are, can't re-sign him, because they're going to try, if they can't re-sign him, then you know what? Why not trade him to Toronto if they're willing to give up Mitch Marner and maybe someone else as well, and maybe a couple of draft picks and a couple of prospects from the Toronto Marlies. It will be a blockbuster trade. It's something we have to do instead of lose Doughty for free, and it's definitely something the Leafs want to happen bad. Absolutely. And, and Jason, we're gonna, I'm going to throw it right back to you here, but I'm doing just a little research. So just some food for thought here. Uh, a couple intriguing uh, elements, if you will. Uh, once again, you, we bring up the Mitch Marner thing for Dowdy. You're probably looking at number one. But uh, according to Sportsnet.ca, uh, the top prospect in the Toronto system is uh, 18-year-old defenseman uh, Timothy uh, Lilligren on the Toronto Marlies, uh, silver medalist with the Swedish World Junior Team. He is their top prospect, 18-year-old defenseman. But what makes this a little bit more intriguing is uh, their, their number uh, four prospect they have is actually uh, Emily Rossinen. Once again, I'm going to uh, go out on a limb and think he's Finnish here, uh, just going by the name, call me crazy. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the aspect here is that wh what team is he currently playing on? Well, He's currently playing on Kingston Frontenacs. It also so happens to be the team oh that uh, Gabe Velarde is playing on right now. So, once again, that, really think about that. You trade Dowdy, you get a number one, Mitch Marner, and not one but two defensive prospects that are both highly ranked. One in which the Kings probably have a far better beat on than any other team, just by virtue of now that uh, Gabe Velarde's playing on Kingston, Jeff, I think that uh, we're 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 digging into some intriguing territory here, huh? 
It's not impossible, Hip. It's, it, it, it is not impossible. Because when you lose someone of the caliber of Drew Doughty, you got to get that value like big time back in return. So, so this scenario may not happen, but it's not impossible, especially with the king size on Kingston, like you said, because of Velarde. And who knows? Maybe Velarde's doing a little whisper, whisper, too. Who knows what's going on right now behind the scenes? A lot of craziness, obviously. But uh, anything can happen, but it is not impossible. I, it could happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Jason, the floor is yours. You brought up some amazing points, and uh, thank you so much for calling. And I know we've said a lot right now, but go ahead, man. The floor is yours. No, look, I love everything that you guys did. You guys had some uh, stats and info on the fly, which was awesome. Uh, Great little tidbits just to kind of, like, weave the web that makes it seem like a little bit more possible. Now, look. As we all have said, and I will say it just to make sure that everyone knows, uh, this Kings fan does not want to lose Drew. I want them to throw the kitchen sink at Drew for him to be a lifer, and I would love for Drew to always be a king. And to me, he always will be a king, even if he goes elsewhere. But um, I'm just thinking pragmatically because of the fact that, look, God forbid we lose Drew. We need something. And, of course, Carlson's going to be out there. And, yeah, we did drop a lot of salary cap when we we got rid of Marion. But who knows what Carlson's going to look like, how much he's going to want. We know that Drew's going to command a lot, which means that Carlson's going to want a lot. Uh, who knows? But on a, on a completely separate note, because I wanted to talk about this uh, a few nights ago, and, again, wasn't able to call. I have a really great story when it comes to um, the Frozen Fury and Paula Dew, which you, you guys will love. So uh, I was at the last Frozen Fury game ever, and it was the Kings and the Avs, and it was at the T-Mobile Arena, and it, it was just a blast. We lost, but whatever. So uh, when waved over Dave Joseph and said hi to Daryl Evans, who had this full-on blackjack suit, and then um, said hi to um, Jim Fox and Bob Miller. And I, I, I took both of them aside. I said, look, guys, you need to do one thing for me. Just do one favor, because I think that you have a great call that I came up with. And so it, it, Jim was entertained by it, and Bob was actually very curious. And I said, okay, so look. Paula Dew was playing a lot of, of that game. I, I watched him a little bit in college, and I knew that he is going to be someone. And so it was just a matter of time before he scored his first goal. And I said, look, when he scores the first goal, I want you to say, how do La do? But I never thought in a million years that Bob wouldn't call the last, like, bajillion games of the season. And now Alex Faust is So the other night, Paul Adu scores his first goal. I'm waiting for something. I'm waiting for either Jim to say it, maybe Jim passed on <laughs> Alex. Of course, I never thought that this was going to happen, and it didn't. But I just want, hopefully, Paul's listening right now. Paul, welcome to the NHL. How do Ledoux? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stories there, and uh, – in the off season, we'll share more uh, Las Vegas uh, Frozen Fury stories because we could do a, a whole show on those. But uh, good stuff there, Jason. Hey, brother, thank you so much for your call. You call back again. We'll be on the show 
uh, Thursday night. I guess that'll be the proof in the pudding. Uh, presumably, as Dion Fanouf, Nate Thompson will be making their L.A. Kings debuts. Thanks so much for your call. All right, Jason? Thanks, man. We'll talk on Thursday. Thanks, you got Jason. it, brother. All right. And Augie is called back. He's uh, back on the line, has some late tidbits he wants to share with us. Go ahead, Augie. Hey, um, on NHL.com, there's an interview posted with uh, Dion Fanu. Have you guys seen or heard it yet? Not yet. We have not because okay. I've, been, I've been kind of busy the last hour. I I hear you. <laughs> it is hilarious. Okay. When you watch it, period, uh, yes. it's been traded. So here's Fanu. He goes, uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, uh, the Ottawa Senators organization. I really enjoyed my time here, uh, the band and my teammates, and uh, I really want to thank them. So that's how he delivers that. Then the reporter asks him, so uh, how do you feel about going to the L.A. Kings? And he goes, I'm so excited to go to the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> he like, he's trying not to laugh. Like he's trying not to smile. He's still trying to be robotic. But you just see like this, like this relief come over him. And it's like, it's like he says, yeah, I'm really excited about going over there and helping them uh, – I do what we can to win. I like that. I like that team. I like where they're sitting in the playoff spot right there, uh, in line for a playoff spot. And I'm gonna do what I can to put them over the hump. And then they go back to Ottawa again. He goes, uh, I had a wonderful time here in Ottawa. Just like the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you see his expression when he talks about Ottawa. His expression when he talks about the Los Angeles Kings. It's hilarious. because it's, so, it's so subtle. It's subtle, but it's so obvious. <laughs> hey Augie, you should try to try to make a gif of that thing, dude. That would be hilarious to see the uh the two sides, the many sides of Dion Fanouf, you know, the the serious robot versus the hiding jubilation look. Oh yeah. No, you you've got to check it out. So if you guys can, it's up on Twitter right next to nhl.com. Uh, it's about 3 minutes and 25 seconds of just pure uh, I call it uh, under under the current gold because his he's really excited about playing in Los Angeles. That's all I got to say, and it's uh, it's pretty obvious. So uh, looking uh, looking pretty good up there. So I just had to share that with you guys. Hey Augie, before, right before you go, uh, we were talking we were talking. Dowdy has uh, after this season one year left on his contract, and Jeff was talking how. Toronto definitely wants to roll out the Brinks truck to try to land him and, uh, and throw in that the, uh, Toronto has a bunch of uh, entry-level contracts that are going to be coming up next year with Mitch Marner and a bunch of other players. So me and Jeff were throwing it out there. Uh, Drew, at the season break, and we, you never want to lose Drew Doughty. He's a generational player. You know, best defenseman, him and Rob Blake, clearly, arguably the best defenseman ever. It's, there's no question about it. But if the Kings get the sense they cannot retain Drew Doughty and the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs maybe, maybe dangle, you know, a couple of first-round picks, uh, a Mitch Marner, and maybe their two top prospects, uh, one of which actually happens to be a uh, a highly scouted and highly touted defenseman, uh, the other uh, who after their fourth their fourth top D prospect actually plays for the Kingston Frontenacs right now with Gabe Velarde. So if they offer Mitch Marner, 
multiple number ones. Once again, their top prospect who happens to be a defense and their other next prospect who or number four prospect who happens to also be a defenseman playing for Kingston. And you don't get the vibe that you could sign a Drew Doughty or re-sign a Drew Doughty with the contract. Do you pull the? Do you pull that switch, buddy? All right. I want to preface this with following. I love Drew Doughty. He is just, as you said, generational player, generational defenseman. Grew up a Kings fan. I mean, you. There's. I love Drew Doughty. However, on the flip side of that, and this is the business end of hockey, I'm going to quote one of the greatest sports owners in the history of sports owners, and that's Dr. Jerry Buss. Dr. Jerry Buss said, it's a lot better to lose a player via trade one year too early than one year too late. And the Kings should not be in the business of signing 30-year-old defensemen with a lot of mileage on their legs and a lot of hockey a lot of hockey mileage on those bodies to long-term salary cap killing contracts no matter how much you love the player no matter how much their legacy is if they're not willing to do what needs to be done to build a winner here in Los Angeles and they're just looking out for the name on the back of the jersey instead of the crest of the front, then you as a general manager need to look out for the crest on the front of the jersey. And, yeah, the people would want to kill Blake and Robitaille if, if they traded uh, Drew Doughty. But also on the flip side of that, you don't want to let a guy like that walk as a free agent and receive nothing in return if you cannot afford to keep him. The Kings already are already dialed in to long-term salary with Andre Kopitar. They've got a long-term salary issue with Dustin Brown. They've got that with Jonathan Quick. So, yeah, I as much as, much as I hate to even fathom the idea of that, I think for the good of the Los Angeles Kings, the brand, the city, and the future of success in the organization – I love what Jeff Duarte floated out there, and I would be 100% behind the J.D. Styles plan. Boom. Hey, there you go. Boom. There you go. Boom. Well said. All right, Augie. Hey, we got some callers uh, piling up. Augie, do you want to hang right. out with us, or do you got a hockey game to go play? No, I got I to gotta run. I got to lace them up out there and got my own game to play. So, uh, thank you, hey, guys. Augie. Yes. Augie. Make sure you ask yeah. Justin Bieber what he thinks of the trade. We got to know what the Biebs thinks of the Phaneuf trade. <laughs> okay. Yes. You know what? I give, will try to give us a Bieber exclusive. If he's here tonight, I don't see his vehicle here right now, but that doesn't mean that he won't be rolling in here soon. But if he does, I will ask him. I promise sure. to you if he is here. Sure okay? enough. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Right, All right on, guys. Right. Later. All right. Thank you, Augie. Good luck tonight, buddy. All Take right. Out, we got Augie. some other calls lining up. Got some other li- uh, calls lining up uh, with us right now. And uh, we got from the 805. I have no clue what area code that is, is, even is. But 805, you're on the air, LA Kings Road Talk Radio. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hey, Mr. 805. I think I can hear him, but I can't. Uh, he doesn't know he's on the air. Good times. Let's bring on Jerry back. Jerry, uh, we have set up a bevy of items before uh, 
you know, between the yes, and on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? What do we say that kind of uh, perked your ears? Five well, margaritas you know, post-game trade. <laughs> yeah, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. I'm finishing off the. I'm finishing off the bourbon tonight. But uh, yeah, no, nice. about the about the Dowdy thing. I mean, he's really in kind of the same position that Gretzky was in when Gretzky told them that he wasn't coming back. You know, you've got to trade me. You've got to get something. Um, yeah, if Toronto is champing that much at the bit, and you know, you tell them it's it's either Mar- you know it's it's Marner and whatever we can backload onto that, take some prospects. You have to do it. You kind of have to do it. His, yeah. Dottie's number is going to be hanging in the Staples Center rafters at one point anyway. Yes. It's going up there anyway. Yes. So, you know, if you if you just can't sign him, and, and maybe at this point the uh, – Long, uh, you know, how long is long term with Drew Doughty right now? Because he does have a lot of mileage on him. He's played a lot of postseason miles too, and that all adds up. You know, it. Um, I would, I would, I would do that deal for Marner and uh, consecutive first round picks and a couple and a couple of top prospects. Sure. I would do that in a minute. I would hate. To, yeah. I would hate to see Dowdy playing in another sweater, but you'd have to do that. You'd be a fool not to. Yeah, you know, uh, and it doesn't mean, it, that it, doesn't it, mean it, that fans won't be it, burning Blake's effigy out there at LA, you know, in the courtyard at LA Live at some point. But you still have, you know, yeah, that's well, that's the smart trade. Yeah. Yep, and, and you know, Augie brought up a good point, and you see this in so many sports. It transcends the sport, really, and it's it's a truism. It's a complete sports truism. And since, you know, I've been watching sports now, uh, you know, 20, 30 years or whatnot, I've seen it over and over again. You have the high-profile superstar player who, once again, is on, you know, a, a contract year. The team loads up the Brink truck, gives him a huge deal for multi-years, but in a salary cap sport, all you're really doing is saying, yes, we're going to have this guy, but we're not going to be able to afford anybody else to play with him. So it, right. you see it so often where the team sucks, and I've seen it in baseball, and maybe it's just because those fucking idiots say it more than any others because they're not smart enough to – to know it, but I've seen it so many times where these guys make all this money and they go, you know, the team sucks and they go, well, they need to get me some help. You know, I can't do it all by myself. Right. They need to get me somebody to help. It's like, dude, you make a hundred million dollars. The team can't afford to get you help. You know? Right. So it's a right. team game. It's a team game. And, and you're absolutely right. Let's, and let's be honest. If, if, if when Dion Phaneuf had his big salary at 7 million, uh, Dowdy's contract right now is seven million. You're, you're, I, I think Jeff, you're spot on. I, I think Toronto would offer him ten, 10 million a season, right? Well, it's not like they haven't made a contract like that in the past. I mean, they're they're well known for throwing money at people because what Toronto wants. 
Toronto gets. And sometimes it's not the best of decisions, a.k.a. the Harold Ballard years. But uh, you know what? If, if they want it, they're going to go for it, for better or for worse. And they really want Drew Doughty. I don't want to lose Drew Doughty, even though he's 28 years old. He's in the prime of his life. We're talking about an elite defenseman, in my opinion, the best all-round defenseman in the NHL today. But with salary cap implications, the way Doughty's been talking, like he wants to test the market. There's nothing more to do here in L.A. Drew sticks in his in his wrist. Fact that PK for nine mil or whatever it was at the time with the Montreal Canadiens, and that really rubbed him the wrong way because him and Carlson are not making that money at all. But for him to stay in L.A., it has to be reasonable. He has to play ball with the team and show that the team that he keeps saying that he grew up loving, the L.A. Kings, because of Wayne Gretzky, you got to help us out with the hometown discount. So whether he's staying at seven mil a year or – like, if he wants 10 mil like Kopitar's making, he wants to be one of the most, you know, top-paid players on the team, it's going to be extremely hard with the cap. Anything more than that is absolutely impossible, and you got to trade him. That's just the reality of sports. If Dowdy wants to go to Toronto and make $16 million a year, breaking records, and they can't get anybody else, well, really, that's so Toronto. I don't think that's going to happen under Mike Babcock. He will put his foot down. Uh, where, you know, previous administrations uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs would throw that money right away. But they will pay him 12 if they can loosen up the space, if they can get rid of some of that, uh, you know, r- roster players that are eating up the, the salary and players not on the roster, but they're still paying for off the salary. They will throw that money at Doughty. And I know that as a fact, I have sources. They want him like no player they've wanted for a long time. Well, next to Steven Stamkos, who they didn't get. So they want to solidify that defense, which they're struggling with. And Drew Doughty is at the perfect age. He's from London, Ontario, right beside Toronto. Well, two hours or so, but close enough. That's exactly the guy they want. And Babcock, remember, guys, Babcock has already experienced coaching Drew Doughty because of Team Canada. Best on best. The 2010 Vancouver Games, the 2014 Sochi Games, and the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. They already know each other and they love working together. And Excuse that's me, exactly the player Babcock wants. But I really me, want to let go of Drew Doughty. But if we have to, if we have to, we have to, and we better get a big return for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great, great point right there. And let me try one more time with bringing this other caller on the line that I think is uh, has taken a nap because he's been on hold for about forty-five minutes. Hey, uh, calling from the eight oh five area code. You are on uh, the air, LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? All right, I'm waving I'm waving the white flag. This is somebody from Northern California, but they have just dropped. So, hey, that's all right. Anyways, well, guys, um, once again, uh, at, at the end of the day, short term, without a doubt, this makes the Kings a better team. They get a veteran defenseman uh, that can play, uh, you know, 20 minutes a game is what he's playing in Ottawa. Probably going to get an upgrade, really, with uh, the roster, the all-around roster. Jeff, uh, just by virtue of where you live, I know you probably follow Ottawa and Toronto, but if you had to give the – I try not to. What, what, makes, what makes Ottawa such a shitty team? Oh, man. Okay, so – okay, here's the thing with Ottawa, all right? 
Um, a lot of it has to do with the death of their longtime GM, Brian Murray. You okay, Jerry? You okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, a lot of it has to do with, uh, of course, the decline in health of Brian Murray. Um, probably stayed in as GM a little bit too long than he should have. And there was just too many bad deals, bad trades, and uh, a lack of depth that Ottawa wasn't able to recuperate with the current GM. I can't pull up his name because I don't follow Ottawa. But uh, that's pretty much what's happened, and it's been a really bad decline, a quick decline from where they were just even, what was it, last season? They were a goal away from making the Stanley Cup final. Was it last year, Hip? Time time is flying. It's hard to tell these days. But uh, so <laughs> Ottawa's made some re- – Ottawa's made some really bad decisions where now it's really hurting them in the butt. And uh, let's be honest, Eric Carlson is already kind of tuned out. He, he's already thinking of leaving Ottawa, of getting away from there. Because here's the thing with Ottawa. Ottawa fans are a different type of breed. Of course, not all Ottawa Senator fans. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of them, uh, they're a different breed. They're, 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 they're not a very loud bunch. They're, uh, remember, the, Ottawa went to the conference finals, and they could not sell out those games. In Canada, in the nation's capital, that tells you something right there. The Maple Leafs are sold out, and they could be the bottom of the league. They could be the worst team. All the Harold Balladeers, it was sold out every game. Same thing with Montreal, except those fans will turn against the organization if they don't get what they want. So they protest by not making the games. But in Ottawa, here's a team that was like a goal away from making the Stanley Cup final, and people didn't even show up. It's, it's just a very strange market. Um, but especially with the team taken this year, Eric Carlson wants out, and that just – bleeds off to the to the, his fellow players. Like, everybody just wants out. It's a very crappy situation to be in. The arena is out in the boonies. We were talking about uh, Florida the other night and Sunrise, Florida, where the Panthers play. It's pretty much the same situation with the Canadian Tire Center of the Ottawa Senators. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're nowhere close downtown Ottawa. So the fans don't want to go out there. It, it, the passion's not there. The, the management don't really know what they're doing. Not since Brian Murray uh, sadly got sick and then passed away. Way. So it's just been a serious organizational decline. Plus, they have an owner who's completely bonkers. Like, this man is, like, honestly, the Ottawa Senators are just insane, Hip. So if you follow the Ottawa Senators, it won't take you long to realize, like, yeah, these guys are crazy. So this is really not out of the norm for them, you know, trading for a Marion Gabrick. Uh, it, it's really uh, par for the course when it comes to Ottawa. So it didn't really even surprise me. It surprised me more that Blake was able to pull it off. But when I heard it was Ottawa, it didn't really surprise me as much because I was like, yeah, that's the one team that would do it for sure. And uh, it, that's, just, uh, that's just the heart and soul of the organization that is the Ottawa Senators. So Brian Murray, rest his soul, it just shows you how great of a GM he really was, how he was able to keep this team, this roster, competitive with glue and, and duct tape and whatever he could use. But now that he's gone, they're completely falling apart, and it shows. Absolutely. Hey, real quick, two guys. Uh, NHL scoreboard tonight. Uh, right now, uh, end of the first, Coyotes won, Sharks won. Let's hope the Coyotes can somehow pull the upset there. Overall, they're actually really kings as far as the scoreboard goes. Uh, Flames lost to uh, Boston. Docks lost to uh, Detroit. So uh, if the Kings are going to lay an egg, uh, tonight was not a bad night to do it, especially if by the grace of God, 
the Coyotes can get uh, get a big win there against the Sharks. So uh, overall, night a bad night for the Kings is, you know, I guess, I guess really good night when you <laughs> get your ass kicked by a shitty team. <laughs> yeah, not a bad night losing seven to three. <laughs> you know, when you could say the Kings arbly had their, their worst, uh, you know, two periods in years to say overall uh, it's a, 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 a night that actually ended on a somewhat bright note, I guess we can't complain too much. So, all right. Hey, uh, Larry, uh, Jerry, we got to go ahead and call in a night here, brother. But thank you so much for your call. Right. We'll be on the air Thursday night. You call us after the Penguins game, all right? All right. I will do that. I will do that. All right, there's the time. There we go. You hey, got Jerry. it, Jerry in Ohio, and and uh, boy, what a what a night! Great night for hockey talk. Thanks for Jason and other people that called in, and uh, the kind words you had for the show here. And uh, super fan Augie Loya, uh, boy, we man, we talked a lot of, about about a lot of stuff, not just the trade, but once again, the intrigue behind Dowdy to Toronto. And think really how, uh, you know, really when we think about it, that, uh, you know, Otto, T- Toronto has the pieces where they could definitely throw and probably would throw multiple number ones along with a Mitch Marner, along with their two top prospects that would probably be going back to L.A., uh, two of the four of which are actually defensemen, one of which actually plays on Kingston. So, Definitely an, an intriguing move uh, right there for the Kings' thoughts. And once again, does anybody want to see Dowdy go? Absolutely not. But no way. if you think you're no not going to resign, yeah, if you don't think you're going to resign him, you almost you're forced. Your hand is forced. And Toronto, being once again, as you said, what Toronto wants, Toronto gets. You have all the makings of uh, of that actually becoming a, a, a reality. And uh, let's not forget, too, that, you know, uh, after this road trip, which we're going to be on the air every single game of this road trip, uh, you are have the real possibility of uh, Jeff Carter entering back into the lineup, which is a whole nother round of discussion that we're going to have here. So uh, great move by the Kings in the sense that it makes this year's team better. You get Carter back into the lineup. Uh, you can once again probably move Fanouf uh, a year from now and retain a little bit more salary, which ultimately is going to save your bacon uh, versus having – and, hey, Jeff, what's the over-under on the Toronto media finally realizing that Gabrick has absolutely done and realizing that if he decides he wants to play three more years that they're stuck with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's got the Toronto media right now, they're going to be laughing at the Ottawa media because they know, like, what are you guys doing? That's a horrible trade. We 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 made fun of our captain. Why would you trade him away for Marion Gabrick at 35, always injured, blah, 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 can't even score anymore, right? But the Ottawa media right now are probably predicting Stanley Cup next year. So it's going to take them probably <laughs> until they decide to get rid of uh, Gabrick, which will probably be once his contract is almost gone, that's when they'll realize, oh, shit, we made a mistake. That's usually how it plays out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you brought – and, and now we're just going on a tangent again, but isn't it kind of telling, too, that a player with Gabrick's pedigree 
And, you know, really, I mean, international experience, Stanley Cups with the Kings, uh, you know, on Minnesota, you know, are arguably their first all-star player. But isn't yeah. it kind of telling that Gabarek very rarely, like he's never been a captain, right? Never really ever yeah, wore the A. Like he never wore the, never wore the A on the Kings, right? Yeah, just a different type of player. Like he was never – I mean, that's not his strength in a leadership role, right? Like, at his best, he does his talking by putting that puck in the net or setting up to put that puck in the net, right? So, and there's different ways of being a leader, but that's true. He he never had the A, he never had the C, but he was never meant to either, which Fanuf was. It was just given to him too early, Right, and it kind of it hurt him a lot. But Gabrick was never really that type of player. It, he he was just a guy that he wants to go out there. He wants to score goals when he's motivated, and he was very motivated in 2014. When he, you know who who wouldn't be motivated after playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets and, and then going to L.A. You're going to be motivated. But once you got that contract from Lombardi, I think the motivation was gone. Plus age, plus you know so many injuries. Uh, but yeah, he's not the type of guy that's going to be a leader that you follow. Like yeah, yeah, let's go. He's let's follow well, this guy, he's going to take us to the promised land. He's not that player and really never was, to be fair. And it wasn't expected of him either. Yeah, I, I'm, my point is is that typically a guy with his pedigree and the name recognition and uh, really a long, illustrious career in the NHL and just hockey, international hockey in general, the fact that that guy never wore an A consistently – I think it definitely sends red flags. You know, really, some point, at some point when you have that much history and, and, and name recognition, you kind of get you kind of get a letter by default. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've been of, around yeah. long enough to where you've earned a letter. Yeah, well, he, like I said, he doesn't have the personality that's like, you know, this is our leader, let's follow this guy. The, the best you do with Gabbard, you hope he can put that puck in the net or set up a goal, and that's good enough for all the teams that he's played for in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, it's, I hear what you're saying. Usually guys with longevity, playing, especially late in their careers, uh, having a lot of experience, they tend to get a leadership letter, but uh, Gabbard was never put in that position. With that said, with the lack of leaders, with the Ottawa Senators, and Carlson possibly leaving, who knows, Hip, Maybe by the end of next year, he might be the captain of the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, one last item before we sign off here. Uh, I was watching the post-game show. They interviewed uh, Alec Martinez. Really, really good line. Basically, they said, you know, what what happened out there? And uh, first words out of his mouth were, quite frankly, it's embarrassing. So, you know, good for Alec Martinez for uh, calling it like it is. And once again, uh Hopefully Nate Thompson and Fanouf will inject a little bit of life into that locker room, uh, at least enough to try to get us maybe a couple more wins somehow by the grace of God along the road trip. Uh, you know, we get two wins and at least get into overtime. You're talking about, you know, ending up with seven points on the road trip, which, uh, you know, would be, I think at this point, would everyone would be completely content with. But then once again, get back to L.A., hope Jeff Carter can rejoin the lineup. Uh, yeah, Tyler Toffoli score a goal tonight. Hopefully he can get his scoring mojo yep. going again and uh, get this thing turned in the right direction. So, hey, all right, Jeff, dude, thanks so much, man. Great talking hockey. And like I say, I have no doubt we could have talked hours more uh, about NHL and our L.A. Kings because we're both huge fans. So we'll talk to you again Thursday. All right, buddy? Yeah, for sure. Hip check. Go Kings, go. Go Kings, go indeed. 
And uh, from Hockey Central, South Orange County, you're talking to Scott Cahill, a.k.a. the Hip Check. And, oh, man, what a what a night. Kings look like shit, but ultimately maybe in a better position uh, as they enter the playoff run. And uh, as we do here each and every night, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio, and we'll be back again Thursday night at this same bat time. Just it up with a little guy uh, named Elvis Presley. Thank you, everybody. Fantastic, thank you. You're a beautiful audience, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.